This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 16, an update on the podcast and why we've been absent, news, and a look at 10 useful new features in ANSYS Mechanical 19 and 19.1. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the All Things ANSYS podcast. So we'll start today's podcast with an apology. You've probably noticed that it's been a little while since we've done one of these. In fact, it was March 13th that we posted our last podcast. Um, I thought it was a month ago. Obviously, it's been longer than a month. And so our apologies for that. We were really had a roll there and then uh, we got busy. And that's what I want to talk about at the beginning here is... Um, that we're not giving up on the podcast. We really enjoyed doing it, but the reality is we just got swamped and we kept on putting it off to next week and next week and next week. And all of a sudden June popped up and we realized we hadn't done one in uh, close to three months. So I wanted to just do an update podcast. Um, my name's Eric Miller, by the way, and, uh, this is going to be just me today. And we're just going to talk about what's going on, uh, do some news, and then some events, and then I'm going to talk about ANSYS 19 and 19.1. But um, like I said, I want to start with an apology. What, what happened was really a perfect storm of three things all at once. If you've been listening for a while, you know this podcast is done by our technical staff here at PADT. We do the people that do engineering consulting with uh, the ANSYS product line, as well as the people that support and do training for it. And uh, we were fortunate enough to get the opportunity to expand our sales uh, territory this year, uh, both in Southern California, uh, growing our Southern California presence, as well as growing into Texas. And that meant three new salespeople and a bunch of new customers. And that basically was a lot of work, not, not more than we could handle, but enough to where um, it stressed our team a little bit. We were okay. But then at the exact same time, we realized that our long-term customers, customers we've been serving for 10, 15 years doing support and training, had hired a bunch of new engineers. And those new engineers need training. And to be honest, they need a lot of support. Uh, We've really been spending a lot of time on the phone with these new users at old customers and getting them up to speed and getting them productive with the ANSYS products. So those two things combined, we're, we're kind of a lot of work, but not overwhelming. We could handle it. One of the reasons why we can handle it is that the engineers who work in our engineering services department, the people who use the ANSYS products to do consulting for other people, always had an hour here or an hour there to kind of help out and, um, and pick up the slack on tech support, uh, help with the podcast, go on sales calls with our salespeople, because that's something that our our technical support team does a lot of is their application engineers for the sales team. So they go out and, and meet with customers and do a lot of pre-sales benchmarking and, and helping customers understand what products are the best fit for them. Well, we got really busy. Uh, we got a lot of big consulting jobs and that team got swamped. And so our, our overflow capability was taken away as well. So we just ended up with these three things happening all at once. Uh, it's still going on right now, which is why I'm the only one here. Uh, everybody's really busy uh, with customers, and they come first, and podcasts come second. So that's why we 
put it on hold, kept on kept on hoping that it, we would get caught up and have time to do one. It's not going to happen for a while. Uh, our plan is to scale back a little bit on the content. It'd be news updates, maybe uh, do an interview with someone who doesn't actually work here, like with the Nimbix interview, which was quite popular that we did a couple uh, episodes ago. So we'll continue to do that. We'll, we'll bring in partners. Um, I or another person on the staff will interview them, and uh, we'll be shorter, but hopefully we'll continue to give you information from the ANSYS world. And then in uh, October, we should have uh, added, we're hiring, we should have added enough people and things have settled down with these new users that we've been dealing with and we should be able to get back to our old format but until then we hope you enjoy this new uh, temporary format in the coming uh, months and we will see more people on the podcast as they are available as well not just me so thank you for everybody for tuning in again and uh, giving us a try after being gone for so long and we're really grateful that everybody's sticking with us and uh, we hope to see our readership or listenership i should say grow uh, over time. Right now we're sitting at uh, 3,600 uh, downloads of the podcast, 15 episodes. So that's 245 per episode. So we definitely uh, have been dropping off. I mean, we were, that's a, that's a good growth, but considering it's been three months, we were hoping for more, but then we were putting out new content. So why would you listen? So we will uh, get back to, to doing this again. Um, let's go ahead and start by catching up on some events of interest uh, today. The first one is, uh, to just let you know, it's too late, but it's kind of cool. Uh, Manoj, who's out of our Southern California office and has been on this podcast, is actually speaking at the Nimbix Cloud Summit in Mountain View, California. He's been texting all day about all the cool things people are doing in the cloud, uh, kind of reinforcing our view that, that especially with Nimbix, that cloud computing is here to stay. And we're pretty excited about it. Um, he's, he's talking about our experience with Nimbix running Ansys on it, but and the experience of a couple of our customers that have tried it out. And uh, if you're not familiar with the Nimbix solution, I do recommend you go back to the earlier podcast and, and check it out and see uh, and, and learn from the, we interviewed a guy from Nimbix and he'll help you understand a little bit more about what it is and why we like it so much. Uh, it's a pretty good tool. Uh, coming up is the ASME Turbo Expo in Norway this year. So it's, if you're not familiar with that uh, big, big conference for those of us who come from or are still in the turbo world, uh, it's in Europe one year and then the U.S. the next year. And this year it's in Norway, June 11th through the 14th. We will not be there, unfortunately. We had some conflicts, and we just couldn't make it out there. But our, both of our partners, uh, Flonex and, of course, Ansys, will be there as well. So if you're going to be at the Turbo Expo, do stop by the Flonex booth and say hello uh, to the Flonex team. And, of course, visit the Ansys booth, which you're hopefully planning on doing anyway, and say hi for us and uh, tell them that we sent you from the podcast. Uh, here in, um, in our world, we have a webinar this month, uh, How to Accelerate and Simplify Your Antenna Impedance Matching Network Design. So this is using the Ansoft products to get in there, HFSS and other tools to design antenna impedance and uh, match your, your actual network with your antenna, which is uh, very important. I don't know a lot about antenna design, but I know that you have to do that to get it to work right. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing a uh, 
webinar on June 13th for that. So if you go to our webpage, our homepage at padtinc.com and go to the events page, you'll see that and you can register for that. It's a really good uh, webinar. We really recommend if you're at all involved in Antenna to take a look at that. We will also be hosting here in our Tempe office uh, the first of several additive manufacturing conferences. We'll do these in our other offices as well. This one's going to be June 20th, uh, which I think, let me check, is a Wednesday, uh, coming up pretty quick here. And uh, it's in the evening. Again, go to our events page on our homepage, uh, and this link from our homepage, and you can see the registration for that. And so we hope to see uh, those of you who are local to come out and see that. We will be talking a little bit about the ANSYS additive manufacturing simulation products, as well as uh, this is really a user-focused conference. So we'll have some users come out and talk about how they're using 3D printing and additive manufacturing. Uh, the next day is uh, one of the bigger events here in Arizona, the 2018 Aerospace uh, Aviation Defense and Manufacturing Conference. And since we do Aerospace Aviation Defense and Manufacturing, we will be there with a booth. I will be speaking as well. That's June 21st at Skysong. Definitely, uh, the link again is in our on our events page. Come to that if you're local. It's a great event. It's a good chance to meet a lot of engineers and people that are doing advanced uh, things like simulation to get their products to market. Uh, we do have two more seminars coming up. They're both in July, and they're both on signal integrity. So we're going to be walking through. Uh, the first one is going to be about what is signal integrity. I think for a lot of engineers, uh, it's something that, that, that electrical engineers always telling us is important. Um, and uh, we'll talk about what it is and then use the ANSYS products to demonstrate what it is and why it's important. And then the, in the second one, uh, we will be talking about how to predict problems with signal integrity and fix them before they f before they find you. So th those are two very useful, hands-on, uh, practical looks at signal integrity. So we recommend that you attend both of those. That's all the uh, events that we know about that are of interest to the ANSYS world. So we hope to see some of you at those. Um, let's go ahead and go into news. So a lot has happened. One advantage of uh, taking three months off in a podcast is... Uh, much, much happens in between. Uh, you wouldn't know that. This this is why low sample numbers are bad with data. Last time we talked, the ANSYS stock was sitting at 171.92, uh, and it's at 171.54 uh, today. So if you didn't look at the graph in between, you'd think it'd been flat. It actually had gone down quite a bit, not quite a bit, but down to 153, and then back up again to 171. The 52-week high is 173, so they're back again near that high, and they're flirting with uh, setting a new one. We'll see what happens. As I always state, uh, when it comes to stocks, I, I have no inside information. I have no idea. I'm just reporting what I read on the Internet. Uh, the I do recommend if you... Your career is based on ANSYS software that you do take a listen to their uh, investor calls or at least read the press release about their earnings. It's kind of important to know how they're doing. Uh, it was a good quarter. Q1 was a good quarter. Lots of uh, good numbers came out of it. And uh, I do recommend that you go to their website and uh, check out their press release from May 2nd uh, to see all the good stuff that's going on. The big news since we last uh, talked was that ANSYS bought a new company. Uh, 
It's an optical simulation tool called Optus. They purchased it in March, and it was finalized, I think, just a couple weeks ago. So it's official and done now. They're part of the ANSYS family. Uh, we had a chance to, um, they're in town for a user group conference for a competing product uh, that's out there that uh, ANSYS, it's not a competing product, it's one of our frenemies. Uh, the Siemens user group is having their PLM conference here in Phoenix this year. And so they're in town, the Optus guys are in town, so a couple people went over there and checked it out. It's very, we've been looking at it online and talking to them over the phone. It's very exciting software that simulates the behavior of light, uh, primarily within environments like a, like a car or an airplane or maybe an office. Uh, it's, it's for modeling the lenses, the diffraction patterns, the, all, the, all the plastic and clear glass that goes in between the light and wherever you want the light to go and then seeing like most simulation, you know, doing what-if studies to make sure you got everything right from a light standpoint. They also have another product that's really exciting that we hope to learn more about because we think the applications are great that's used with autonomous vehicles. So a lot of these optical sensors on autonomous vehicles need to be designed, as you would imagine, and need to be simulated to make sure they're working right. And uh, Optus has a package for that, as well as some smaller packages that we're learning about. So if you're at all involved with light or optical behavior, definitely check out the uh, information on the Optus website. And uh, you'll be, of course, learning more from your local friendly ANSYS person um, or channel partner person soon as, as we start promoting and, and linking in the Optus products into the ANSYS family. So as you know, ANSYS is really good about um, integrating products. Um, and uh, we, we're really excited to see Optus join the suite. And it's just another area of simulation that we can do with ANSYS products. So we're excited about that. Um, what else do we have? Um, the speaking of 3D printing, which I was earlier, ANSYS has released their additive manufacturing product. It's officially out there now. This is the, the tool for modeling uh, the build process for metal additive manufacturing, so using a laser and a powder bed to melt layers and build them up one at a time. You can do that in a uh, ANSYS mechanical-based product, as well as the recently acquired 3D SIM product line. Uh, their product is now officially in the ANSYS uh, product suite and part of this new ANSYS uh, additive manufacturing product family. And th that's additive print and additive suite. And we're really excited to see there's been a lot of enhancements in both products. Uh, we use it here in our 3D printing. We've done a couple research projects, uh, paid work, not just benchmarking or playing around uh, for customers. And uh, we, we're, we're doing process development and R&D for people on how to do production using 3D printing. We hope one of those projects was funded by the government, and we hope that at some point we'll be able to uh, share with you the results from that study. But, uh, we're really pleased with the products. Um, we reckon If you're doing metal 3D printing, we really recommend you take a look at them. Just a day or two ago, ANSYS announced a partnership with SAP, who are the big database guys out there for industry. And uh, this goes into the whole digital twin world where we use simulation to create data that can be used uh, in IoT applications as well as to understand the behavior of your complex uh, industrial systems. And this uh, this SAP partnership on digital twins is just yes, an, another partner that ANSYS is working with that's a dominant player in 
the new push in industry to make everything digital and uh, you know get real good useful information out of them and I, I highly recommend that you uh, you take a look at that if you're all at all involved uh, in those things I'll also point out that I think about it that I didn't put in the list is I recently wrote an article about what to do with all this data that you get from simulation or sensors in your Internet of Things devices and it's in the Phoenix Business Journal so if you just uh, go to the Phoenix Business Journal and take a, and, and uh, search for my name Eric Miller you'll see my article on what to do with your big data um, or, or, or search for big data on the Phoenix Business Journal website uh, I think it's a pretty useful article for all of us who are in involved in, in trying to see how simulation fits into this picture of generating information about the systems we want to understand. And once you have that information, what do you do with it? Um, and uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. The SAP relationship is going to probably bear some pretty significant fruit since it's such a big player in this space. You should have also heard, and if not, uh, you're hearing now, that we won a really important award that we're very, very proud of uh, last month. It was something called the uh, 2000, the official word is the 2018 Silver Stevie Award. And this is an organization that looks at companies and uh, evaluates them. They, they use actual volunteer judges from industry to evaluate the companies and, and give awards where people deserve them. And we won the Silver uh, Award for Customer Service Department of the Year in the computer software uh, area for companies up to 2,500 employees. So we were up against some big guns, and we won. And that's the team that's not here today that's so busy doing customer service and winning Stevie Awards that uh, they don't have time to do this podcast. So it's our ANSYS technical support and training team. We're very proud of winning this award. You know, it's... Uh, you, you apply for these things. This is a national thing, a national award. It's really hard to win. Uh, we thought we'd give it a try because what the heck, what's the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no. And we won. And we're just excited about that and very proud of Ted Harris and his team, many of who are on this podcast in the past. Um, if you've listened or worked with them, you know how smart they are. You know how customer focused they are. And the I feel like um, the real reason why we won looking at the feedback was when they looked at our survey results from our customers who filled those out, and then they contacted customers and found out uh, how happy everybody was. And uh, so we a big thanks to all of you who are support customers of PADT. And if you're not, this is another reason why you should switch to PADT. We, we do a good job, and we're very proud of it, and this outside recognition just confirms what we work very hard to do. So a uh, big thanks to everybody for that. And uh, it's why we're on hold, right? Because our customers come first. We can't keep that kind of standard up and uh, take time to do podcasts. So we're very excited about that. And uh, something else that uh, was in the news for PADT that you may have seen is that uh, we announced uh, the, co the completion of a joint project with NASA, Lockheed Martin, and Stratasys. This is in the area of 3D printing, not necessarily ANSYS. And it was, um, but it, but it kind of shows our ability to partner with people and be that catalyst for getting things done. 
And so this was working with those with NASA and Lockheed and Stratasys to get 3D printed parts on the Orion vehicle, the spacecraft that actually carries is going to carry people to and from the space station and beyond. And that uh, has a couple of critical components that are 3D printed as polymers, as plastic, and we were we were kind of create help create that relationship and uh, um, partner it along basically uh, to make sure that it got done. And we we're really proud of that. Really proud that uh, that uh, Lockheed and, and and Stratasys and NASA uh, saw the value in having PADT in that relationship and getting those parts on uh, on the air on the spacecraft and certified for use in space. So we're very excited about that. A lot of things we're excited about. Something else that we may have mentioned in our last podcast, but may not have someone to mention it, is we're now an official reseller for Zeiss 3D scanners. And where that fits in the simulation world is uh, when you don't have drawings or you've got a distorted part or a part that's not made to print, we're really, really good at scanning those parts and turning them into ANSYS models. So you're not going to find anybody out there that understands scanning as well as we do, uh, as well as... Um, finite element analysis and, and uh, CFD. So we can not only scan it, but we can build you a good model. So consider that, and we're now an official Zeiss partner for that. And last but not least, I want to talk about my partner, Ray Chu, um, who doesn't do anything with ANSYS, but he won an award, and it's worth mentioning here. Um, he won something from the Additive Manufacturing User Group. It's called a Dino Award. And as the name implied, it's for people that have been around for a while. Uh, he received this award for his contribution to the additive manufacturing world over 30 years. So uh, it's in recognition of his 30 years of service to the industry. And, and Ray, if you know Ray, you know that he's been a player in additive manufacturing before it was called that. And it's still a major um, resource and expert in the area of additive manufacturing. So two really important awards that we won here at PADT that we hope you guys uh, understand how proud we are of winning them, as well as some other stuff going on. So let's go ahead and shift gears into blog posts. Uh, there's a few of note. Again, it's been a while, so we've got we haven't we haven't published a lot ourselves. We've been really busy, like I said, so we haven't got a lot of blog posts out there. But they're worth mentioning. Some from Ansys and some from us. Um, I really liked a couple of articles in Ansys Advantage magazine. Uh, one was on using multiphysics to reduce the noise in a car. So it's a really good look at using CFD and structural and vibration to get that uh, that whole that whole noise thing in a car down. It's uh, uh, there's also a good example um, of using RBF Morph, which is a really good morphing tool, mesh morphing tool for doing CFD optimization. So on, on the structural side, we do this a lot. We, we morph geometry all the time. Um, but RBF Morph is, is a really great tool that, that works with the Fluent Solver. And uh, there's, a, there's an article about doing some aircraft design, optimizing the efficiency of an aircraft using RBF Morph. Very, very cool and practical example. And along the same lines, there's an article about using Discovery AIM product, which is an upfront simulation tool, but a multi-physics tool, to do an electrical transformer. Uh, electric transformer, actually, is the right term, uh, using the uh, Discovery AIM product. And so, again, a really good practical example of how you can use that tool upfront very early in the design process to design parts. 
We should also be aware, there's no article on this, but uh, Matt Sutton here updated his PID plugin, which is, you know, uh, being able to put a controller into your ANSYS model. It's for ANSYS Mechanical, and it's in the ANSYS App Store. So it was a very popular plugin in the App Store that we hadn't upgraded for the latest versions of ANSYS. So that works with 19, 19.1 right now. And then in our, in our uh, website for our blog, we've got uh, four things worth talking about. Uh, the first is a recording of a webinar, a link to the recording of a webinar that I did that's not ANSYS specific. It's a real general look at mechanical simulation and where we are. What's new and exciting in mechanical simulation is the title. So I recommend you go check that out um, and just go to our blog and, and Google what's new. Um, and uh, or a new and exciting, I think I'll get you there faster. And it's a it's a really cool, uh, I think, I th I enjoyed doing it. Uh, look at you know what's going on in the industry, not just with ANSYS. Uh, so check that out. Uh, Ziad in our SoCal office, uh, who's a relatively new employee, did a really great thing. He took a lot of resources that we had and information that we give customers for ANSYS licensing and made an FAQ, a Frequently Asked Questions document. So that's on our blog as well. So www.padtinc.com slash blog. And if you Google uh, ZAD or Google licensing, you'll find his FAQ. It's a really useful tool. We send that out to our customers, but everybody can have access to it through the blog. Alex wrote a really useful article on extracting relative displacement in ANSYS Mechanical. We did this for a customer. We were doing some optics. Uh, we were doing some thermal analysis, stress and thermal analysis on an optical assembly. And they needed to know how the lens itself moved relative to the center of mass of that lens, how the center of mass moved as well as how it rotated around that center of mass. Um, and uh, very small numbers. And so he did a really uh, nice article about how to calculate that very accurately because uh, you know, you've got a flexible object. How do you calculate the deflection, the, the, glo the global deflection of a flexible object? So very interesting article about how to extract information from ANSYS Mechanical and then use it to do this uh, really cool calculation. And then the last article to talk about is going to be Ted's article on 10, 10, Ted's article on 10 great new features in ANSYS Mechanical 19 and 19.1. And I'm actually going to go through his article and talk about what I think about these things um, right after the commercial break. So I've been talking for a while. Let's take a little commercial break, and then we'll come back and talk about the 10 great new features in ANSYS Mechanical 19 and 19.1. Hi there. Eric Miller here to talk in a little more detail about a topic we bring up a lot in these podcasts customizing ANSYS products to automate processes or add functionality. A significant portion of PADT's consulting work in the simulation world is working with customers to write custom software that sits on top of or even inside various ANSYS products. These programs can connect a legacy solver, import proprietary boundary conditions, or implement a new material model or custom fluid behavior. But most of the time, we work to write vertical applications that automate and standardize a specific customer simulation process. From chip packaging to family of parts simulation to turbine wheel geometry optimization, we can work with your team to provide productivity improvements that can make things up to 10 times faster than the current process. To learn more, contact us at info at padtinc.com or call 480-813 4884 and ask about ANSYS customization and automation. 
a little bit of programming can create an order of magnitude change in productivity. I'm back uh, for a little more talking, more, more of my voice. I hope it doesn't drone on too much. So uh, Ted did find some time, mostly after hours, to take a look at what's new in ANSYS Mechanical 19 and 19.1 and kind of pick the things that he thought were great features. He, he identified 10 things that he thought were worth every user knowing about. So the first is the fact that you can now solve an ANSYS mechanical on four cores without an additional license. So they raised the limit from two cores for free, or included, nothing's free, right? You pay for the two, uh, to four now. And, and this is basically because the standard on most chips right now is four. So uh, you basically go into the advanced properties for your solve and then tell it that you want to use four instead of two. And uh, it's right there. So uh, again, uh, I'm basically going through a blog that he wrote on June, we published on June 5th, called 10 Great New Features in ANSYS Mechanical 19 and 19.1. So if you go to padtinc.com slash blog and search for uh, Mechanical 19 or 10 Great New, you will find it. And uh, I highly recommend that to, if you see any, if you hear anything that I'm talking about that's of interest, he's got more details there on that website, on our website. Uh, a biggie that we've been asking for for a while is that topological optimization now has inertial loads. So you can now put gravity into your model and uh, solve for uh, the shape under gravity load. And he's got a really cool example of a, basically a cylinder that comes up with a, a kind of a neat shape. I, I kind of like it. Um, be kind of cool to explore that some more uh, based on the loadings he's got. So check that out. That's number two. Number three is something called small sliding contact. Um, if you if you believe that your contact's not going to slide too much, if two objects are touching and you define sliding contact with them, but they're not going to move too much, they're going to move but just a little bit, we can turn on the small sliding contact and it makes things much more efficient. So that basically ANSYS is not going to check for large deflection there. And that speeds things up and you can, he shows how to turn that on. Uh, there's a small sliding option under advanced for a contact region when you uh, pick sliding contact and you can put it on program controlled on or off. So we recommend you try it. Um, you know, it's one of those things where if your model's running slow and you look at it, you don't have a lot of deflection, relative deflection across a contact, turn it into a small sliding contact that might speed it up a little bit. The other is um, one of the things that we've had to write APDL scripts for uh, in the past, which those of us who are older like to do, right, because it shows how smart we are, um, is uh, element birth and death. The ability to turn the stiffness, stiffness of an element on or off based upon certain criteria. Well, that script no longer needs to be included, embedded into your ANSYS uh, mechanical model. You can do it now uh, as an item. You can add it to your tree and you can specify uh, the body that you want to scope it to and then um, you can tell it at what step to turn it on or off and so um, you can make them you can kill them or you can make them alive uh, and it post-processes them correctly as well so you see them when they're dead or you don't see them when they're dead and you do see them when they're alive and you can also look at a table um, that there is a table there's a way to set up a table that turns on dead or alive by um, load step. 
so you use load steps to turn these on and off in mechanical. And he's got a nice little video that shows it of a printed circuit board, so I recommend checking that out. Um, there's a new tool called the clipboard tool, and it allows you. Um, I, 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 you have to see it to really get your head around it, but um, one of the things that, that has a problem is if you if you want to click on a bunch of entities to create a name selection or something, you have to be really careful about it. Um, and now we've got a simple select faces uh, uh, tool that allows you to kind of build as you go. So you can, you can select a bunch of them and add them to the clipboard. And you can select a bunch of them and add them to the clipboard. So I think one good, one good way to, to describe this is if I've got like 30 faces I want to select, it seems like I always forget to hold down the control key on face 28, and I got to start all over again, right? This way I can do five, add it to the clipboard. Do five more, add it to the clipboard. Um, and then, um, then you can also do something called select items in the clipboard. So once you've got everything selected that you want selected, and actually everything in the clipboard you want in the clipboard, you can say select item in clipboard, and now you've got everything selected, and you can, of course, uh, assign a, a name selection to them. So these are all things that are in ANSYS Mechanical 19.0. At 19.1, we got even more. Um, the, the number six item for TED on what's cool, top 10 cool, is something called the Granted Design Samples Materials. And um, I didn't know what this was <laughs> until he wrote this article. Um, so it's a, it's a bunch of uh, material, sample material properties from an organization or a company called Granta, and they're available in engineering data now. And you can go ahead and go into engineering data and click on the uh, engineering data source button and choose granted design sample materials. And it'll add those materials into your library. So that's kind of handy. And hopefully materials you're looking at are in there. I see the example that Ted gave has a bunch of plastics, which are always really kind of hard to find. So um, I do recommend checking that out. If you know what Granta is, you're probably really excited right now. But it was a, it was a new thing for me. Um, there's a new branch at 19.1 uh, in the tree, the model tree in ANSYS Mechanical, and it's called Materials. And so, so before, right, materials were um, in the uh, objects the materials were assigned to. So you would click on a solid, and then you'd be able to go down to details and see the materials. Now we actually have, a or you'd have to go over to engineering data. Now we actually have a um, material branch in our tree. And um, definitely check out the article and see how it goes. Um, one thing that you should read about is that if you are using mechanical APDL scripts, snippets, in your model, and you're using the material number that uh, was assigned, there's, there's some new ways to do that. I'm not going to get into it in the podcast. Ted really explains it really well. So, and a, and a workaround for the fact that the, the uh, element type IDs that are assigned are actually stuck into an array, how to get that into uh, a parameter. So um, if you don't, don't worry about it, if you don't, don't mess with uh, trying to identify uh, elements by 
a material ID or uh, type ID. You don't have to worry about it, but if you do, do check this out um, if you do APDL programming for that. But but do explore the new materials branch. Um, this is new. It's been. It's. I mean, we've we've done it differently for a very long time. I can't remember how many releases now. So uh, definitely ex explore this and and check it out. And you can you can assign materials uh, using this branch. So it's kind of cool. Uh, nice little user, probably user requested feature in there. Uh, his number eight is a new and useful capability to uh, view result items on a body while the solution is actually running. So if you ever wanted to know um, certain results values while the model is running, you can now do that now. I think they, uh, Ted's, Ted uh, gives us an example, the birth and death uh, that is now available. You can now view how that's progressing through the solve, what elements are alive and what elements are dead, temperatures, um, certain things like that. So. Uh, check that out, apply that, and take a look at it while it's solving. You basically can click on it in the tree, and if it's allowed to show it, it'll show it. Um, so it's kind of a neat way to monitor your runs while they're going. Um, a long requested thing in ANSYS Mechanical was it makes these beautiful animations and then it saves them in AVI format, which many people don't have the software to deal with. And it's an old kind of clunky format. So now you can save those animations. You don't have to convert them. So what we would do in the past is we'd save it as AVI and then convert them into another format. Now you can go ahead and, and save it as a MP4 or a Windows uh, Media video, WMV uh, file, .wmv file. And uh, you can just do it in the export video file button. There's a drop down now where you can pick one of those three formats. The default, I think, is still AVI. And last but not least, uh, there is a new thing called the Solution Statistics page. And this is one of those, um, those of us that have been using ANSYS for a while know how to read the .out file and, and find our information, scroll through it to find our information, or we've written Python scripts to extract it. Well, ANSYS does that for us now. So there's something called the Solution Statistics page, and it's under Solutions Information when a solution is done. So they compile this information uh, from the output file of the solver uh, when the solution is done. And it's a quick and easy way to view you know, your performance information, um, determine if you need to use more cores or more RAM. Uh, it's solver statistics. It's got some nice graphs. This is a really, really useful tool. You know, did you, did you use the cores? Um, you know, what, what, what actually went on from a solve solution statistics standpoint, uh, even a performance summary on there. So um, uh, it, the, one of the things that I, I haven't played with it yet, but that looks really interesting is the first thing it does is it tells you what your major limiting factor was. Was it CPU? Was it, I, was it writing to disk? Was it memory? That's really useful information. So check that one out. Check out Ted's fantastic article. I basically stole this entire section of the podcast from him. Um, it's uh, 10 great new features in ANSYS Mechanical 19.0 and 19.1. And uh, really good stuff. We hope you find it useful. Share it with your friends. Share this podcast with your friends. Um, it's time to say goodbye. Usually we go around the table and uh, say something funny and useful. Um, there's only me, so I don't have anything to add. Uh, I think what I'm going to say is uh, sometimes you, it's better to ask for uh, forgiveness than to hide from the fact that you screwed up. You know, We didn't do this podcast for a very long time. 
very apologetic about that. That's 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 my fault. Um, we should have made it happen. We kept on waiting for the perfect time when everybody had availability, and we should have done something like this instead. Um, and uh, thank you for your forgiveness ahead of time, and uh, we hope to uh, hear from you. If you have any suggestions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, you're tired of hearing me talk and you want to talk, Email us at podcast at P-A-D-T-I-N-C.com. We'd love to have you on. We'd love to see how you use ANSYS or what your thoughts are on the ANSYS world. And, uh, you know, thank you very much. Hopefully you'll, you'll hear from us in two weeks. Uh, that's the plan right now. And uh, keep listening. Keep sharing this podcast. Uh, let people know we're back. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 16. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.